0: Welcome, everybody, to the A.J. Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. Welcome, everybody, to the A.J. Osborne podcast, and I am so excited to be here with my guest today, Damari Gold, and uh, we're going to have a lot of good conversations on finances and strategies, taxes, everything, so welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited to get to know more about you and what you do.
1: Thanks for having me. appreciate the time.
0: Absolutely. Now, where are you out of? Where am I? Yeah,
1: I'm in Huntington Beach, California.
0: Okay, right on. Uh, yeah. Beautiful location.
1: Yes, <laughs> it's been very nice. The windy. Can't complain about California weather, though.
0: That's right, especially from for all of us in the northern states like me. I'm from Idaho, so definitely can't complain to me about that. I know, right?
1: <laughs> I heard you guys were still getting some snow or something. Yes,
0: it was freezing cold um, last few days, last weekend, it was kind of pouring rain in the valleys and just snowing all over the mountains. And, uh, it was like, okay, we're, we're trying to get to a spring here, but, uh, it's slow, but But it's not
1: uh, getting there. I know we've had some odd weather, but I know, I know nobody feels bad for us. I mean, we've had colder, (laughs) (laughs) but for California people, this is too cold. You know, anything that's sixty. 70s, still a
0: little cold. Yes, absolutely. Well, now, are you originally from California? Is that?
1: Yes, okay. I was born and raised in California, but I am a first generation American. So uh, my family is originally from El Salvador. Oh. And so, yeah, I am the first one that was born here in the U.S.
0: Well, that's that's awesome. That's amazing. I, yeah. love, I love hearing that love stories. Um, I like El Salvador a lot. Um, uh, I actually
1: grew up though. I'm sorry.
0: Go ahead. I uh, used to live in Brazil. So South America in general and Central America hold a very special place in my heart.
1: Yes, I love tropical weather and that they always have really good weather there as well. See, I was meant for warm weather. Yeah, I actually grew up, though, in Boyle Heights. I grew up in East Los Angeles in Boyle okay. Heights. And yeah, so that's where I grew up mainly. And then my family moved inland a little bit. But we established our business here in Huntington Beach because I want to live by the beach.
0: <laughs> that's, that's the dream. My brother lives in um, North L.A., and so he lives you kind of one of the valleys past Malibu there as you're going going up i don't I, it's yeah. it, like, if you're from LA, like everybody has these terms and words from different sections of it, but I I'm know. like, it's just LA to me. I'm I am like,
1: forget. I forget. <laughs> I know. I say like Boyle Heights. If you're not from here, you don't know where that's at. You're all. Hmm.
0: Yeah, LA is kind of its own country. It is a
1: beast. Yes. yes. Um, they have their own sections of things that they call certain areas. Even yeah. I, I mean, I haven't been around Los Angeles. I try to stay away from the traffic as much as possible, Yeah, but yeah, that's I mean, it's hard to avoid for us
0: cuz i i own a company out of Newport Beach so i'm always going uh-huh. down to Newport i'm always trying to avoid LA but whenever yeah. i go up through LA it's just you know from us that live anywhere else in the nation outside yes. new york maybe texas or miami it's just Base shocking cities. the size <laughs> of it it's you know it's unreal Dude.
1: You're in Newport, and if you were to have to drive to Huntington Beach, you know you have to take PCH. You would you would hit. It would take you like an hour to get to us, or forty five minutes to get to us, just from PCH.
0: Oh, absolutely! Like where we live, three hours. You're going like hundreds of miles, right? It's, it's just it's like <laughs> yeah. but there, no, you're you're not hardly going anywhere. Which is actually, I love. Talking to people in California about finance, about like all the stuff that you're talking, personal budgeting and everything, because it's it, it is a different world down <laughs> I there. Live out here, <laughs> it's so expensive. Exactly. Like, how do you do it? Like, how how do you make yeah. it work and, and I love it because it gets rid of all excuses. That's my number mm-hmm. one favorite thing. Like, if you're yeah. investing in real estate in LA, right, or anywhere in California, doesn't matter. Anywhere in California, you know, you can invest. Yeah. Anywhere, And if you can make it and become financially successful in those environments, like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's such great lessons for people to learn. Like, listen, we have a budget. We're making it work. We're investing yes. in ourselves and everything. And we're doing it in a place here where most Americans can't even imagine living in areas that have that kind of expense. Like I, I live in Idaho, but our real estate and everything is skyrocketing. We, ha- we have a city that went up 47% in one year. Um, because oh, uh, the California migration, and they're bringing their capital to our market, right? So they're yeah. selling a uh, one point five million dollar home that's not even that great of a home. They're bringing it up here, and they're buying mm-hmm. these amazing homes. And uh, we don't have enough inventory to even house people because it's it's yeah we're that's happening so in rapidly. Texas
1: as well. Yes. yeah, a lot of people I know, a lot of my clients are moving to Texas as well. That's happening big time there. Um, but yes, people are looking to settle somewhere else outside of California because of the fact that California is so expensive. The just It just skyrockets every time, like the um, inflation for everything, the homes. Um, it's odd because you still hear that Um, people are outbidding other people. There's not enough inventory for homes, you know? So you do get curious as to where the investors are coming from and how is it that people are purchasing cash? Now, I'm not going to go too much into that part of things because there is foreign investors that are coming to California purchasing homes in cash. And then what happens is that most people are left with having a rent. And so if that's the case, then, you know... affordability, I believe it's all perspective. You can rent a home and not feel that you're going to worry about having to fix it. If something goes wrong, because most people or most Americans. I'm going to generalize this and not just for Californians. Yep. We don't save for those emergency things. No. We just don't. Yeah. And And so, yeah. So sometimes renting can be a good thing for a family or for a person. It's yeah. all just a matter of perspective, but people, Oftentimes, we're taught, and I don't know about how you feel about this, but what is the American dream?
0: To to purchase a home. home. Purchase a home. (laughs) Have family. Purchase a home with a white picket fence.
1: Exactly. Get a good job at (laughs) GE. Exactly. And And a hundred thousand in college debt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Finish college. Get a home. Purchase a home, right? Retire, all these great things. Yes, they were great at one time, but how is that now realistic in our lives? Like owning a home isn't something I'll tell you for myself. We don't own a home. I don't own a home, and the reason why I don't is because California is way too expensive, and I refuse to pay for a home that's inflated by thirty yeah. percent. Because at some point, I don't know if you were—I know you're—you're you're around. We're around the same gen here. Mm-hmm. So, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, when a lot of people lost their home, a lot of people lost their place. Why is that? Because we're facing the same thing that we were facing in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Where people are overbidding for homes, overpr- just too yeah, much.
0: It's too much. And
1: to me, I'm not gonna do it because I'm not gonna work myself to death to to just for a home, just to slave yeah. over a home. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm saving and I'm playing things out correctly. And In my investments, I do plan on having a home outside of California, um, Las Vegas, it has no tax. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. <laughs> Other, you know, Arizona, because we love Lakes Havasu. So that's yes. another place that we're going to be going to. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to have a home here. I have a business yep. here. This is my, my biggest asset is this business. And so... That's where I plan on making the most of my money. Now where we decide to go, where I decide to go after that, as far as retirement and all these things that is left up to me because of the type of life that I want. Yes. I don't want to be working to pay for a house. I just don't. And so
0: it's funny. Cause that, I was just having a conversation a about this. Like I was What's talking that? to, um, uh, Mike Tyson's wife and they do the same thing. So they have a, a home in, um, Vegas, yeah, but they uh-huh. had to go to California, They had to go to California because their daughter is like this pro um, yeah. tennis player. She's like amazing, right? And she's going all star. Awesome. But she was like, "I will never buy a home here. I'm not going to yeah. do it." So they're renting, and they've got homes yeah. elsewhere. And they're like, "We'll move back and <laughs> yeah. go to our other home that we own, but we're mm-hmm. not we're not buying here."
1: Yep, that's exactly you know with when it comes to planning for things and having investments and all of that. You, you can live wherever you decide. You can live in Mexico if you want yeah. and still make money. Now with with online and everything being so much easier for people to start businesses online and to work remotely, And now, jobs and even workplaces, corporations are finding that, hey, it improves the lifestyle of of the quality of life for the employee. The employee can work wherever they want. And that in itself is such a benefit because you don't have to be tied down to a home, right? So, what does that do for the American dream? That changes it, it molds it into something else because some people are living in pain because they're holding on to the American dream so much that they're just like I can't let go of this house even though it's sucking the life out of them yeah. and their money yeah. because of what yeah some something somebody told them a long time ago that a home is the best investment again don't get me wrong it's not that it's not a good investment but when it is literally costing you all of your freedom your security your yeah. you know sense of peace then is it worth it
0: yeah No, it's this, this is the thing that I love talking about people about finance is that it's not one dimensional, it's three dimensional. And what is good today doesn't necessarily mean it's good tomorrow. And it was so so funny because after the big crash, um, I went and bought a large lot. This was in 2000. Well, what was this? 11, something like that. And Mm -hmm. everybody was like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to build like, are you dumb? Like, I'm like, no, uh, yeah. well, listen, hold on. This makes sense right now. I bought the land from the bank, two acres in the nicest part of town on a pond. I picked it up for $80,000. And I'm like, you I know. can build this huge house with acreage, pond. I can go fishing at everything else like that. It's gorgeous for $400,000. And people were like, wow. you're dumb. Like we're in the middle of a real estate <laughs> crisis. And everything. I'm like, but the problem is that's the it point. <laughs> makes sense for my financials. Like, it's nothing. It costs me more to rent right now. Mm -hmm. I sold the house, whatever, six, seven years later for $1.2 million. And I'm like, I wouldn't buy this house at that price.
1: Wow. And (laughs) it was
0: like, all of a sudden the circumstance changed, right? Yeah. It was like, I wouldn't pay for this at that price, you know, so I'm going to sell it at this price. And then we're going to go right. do something else again that makes sense to us. We're going to rent while exactly. we wait and build, and we, we've got land that makes sense to everything. But two, also, I'm not buying anything, and I wouldn't buy anything, that in any way, shape, or form would mm-hmm. put my financial, that would stop. I, I view it as like momentum, right? There's financial yeah. momentum. If mm-hmm. that acquisition of anything, any expense, cars, anything, is going to inhibit in any way, shape, or form your financial momentum, don't do it.
1: No, good. Yeah. And then that's the other, another thing, too, is delayed gratification. You know, a lot of people, a lot of us, and, and I'm part of that in the in, I've been at fault in those in my younger years of just not waiting things out because of the fact that we want to right feel that yes. sense of accomplishment, feel that sense of anything right now. But any investment person will tell you the longer when you're in the long run of this game, you have to think long term. You can't yes. think of just that quick, instant cash, instant money because. That's the stuff that's riskier. That's the stuff that if you're willing to lose it, okay, right? If you have five grams sitting around that you're willing to lose, go invest in those things that are quick turnarounds. But you really have to pay attention to the market and you have to pay attention to what's going on. You can't just throw money at it and hope that it sticks, right? Yeah. So, but this all investing and investing in your life and the way you want to live it and your financials, because I tell people all the time, you know, I'm, I'm daughter of an immigrant. I'm first generation American. And I meet, I meet immigrant parents, or I meet people that are Hispanic primarily because I speak fluent Spanish and they make like, they make $15 an hour, like $10 an hour, $15 an hour. And they're able to save their money to buy something cash. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So it happens all the time. We just have to, we forget the the instant gratification. We're here for that instant, just like, I want to have, I want to take, I want that fancy car. I want all of these things right now. And so we don't invest and we don't wait.
0: I don't want to put in the long-term work. I don't want to save for 15 years from now. I don't want to, you know, it's, it's this financial entitlement that is outrageous. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's so funny because what you said, they're like, and we hear this and especially being from, you know, other parts of the country outside L.A. or New York. They're like, you can't live on one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? You can't live on one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. That's yes. your problem. Like, exactly. there is no way anyone is going to convince me that you can't live an incredible life on one hundred plus thousand exactly. dollars in America. That is just exactly. ignorance. <laughs>
1: It happens all the time though. You hear people like they make 120, uh, you know, the six figures, right? Cause that's yeah. the magical number. And then they're like, you get to the six figures and you feel like I didn't accomplish anything or I don't have any, or, you know, you're still in the same cycle yes. and the same cycle is because what happens when we upgrade how much we make, we upgrade our lifestyle. Lifestyle creep. So all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I make more money. Okay. Then that means I get to spend more. I get to do this. Right. So people don't do anything like as far as paying off debt or saving more yep. money or investing or anything like that, because as soon as that bracket goes up, they start go. spending more.
0: Yeah. yeah when it's we bought our first house, of times. Oh, yeah, it always happens to everybody, you know, and it, and it, two, it's hard because you get into it. Like when we first bought our house, we pay, we got a house, our house, we got our loan because interest rates were so low, but I had more money in my bank account than my house was worth. And no. you know, funny it, story about that because it was – this was uh, my first house in like oh9 and then we built uh, two years later or whatnot. But um, the bank had to have my dad co-sign on the loan <gasps> because they're like, we can't issue loans. And I had more cash in the bank than the house was even worth. Than the house was and worth. And because I was a first-time homebuyer in the middle of the crisis, they were scared. My income uh. – was more than the house was worth, annual income.
1: And they were like, And they wouldn't give me a
0: loan. And then two years later, I went to get a loan, right, to build my house $400,000. And they're like, you've been approved for $2 million. And I'm like, are you crazy? Who's giving me $2 million at the time? I was like, this is a joke. Why would you give me $2 million? And so it was just Uh the swing was so astronomical, it blew my mind.
1: And I'm like, no, I
0: don't need 2 million. I'm going to build at 400,000 because that's the cash that I have, right? And so, and two, call me over conservative. That's fine. But all my money was (laughs) going into investments. We were investing in real estate. We were investing in that. And my cash flow fluctuate. I was a salesperson Mm -hmm. and I invested in real estate. I was based on commissions. And Mm -hmm. understanding being on that front end of that revenue changed the context and the decisions that I needed to make. And that W-2, I think- lots of times can really change the way your mind works. It appears in my bank account. I don't really Mm -hmm. see the direct reflect from the revenue of the company, the expenses, and it shows up every single time, no matter what. And it's a false sense of this will happen forever. And that's not how money works.
1: It's just not, no. And you really do have to pay attention to what's going on. You know, it's great that you decided to go into real estate and really catch on early on back when in 2009, because a lot of people, once they hit that trauma of losing their home, yeah. of doing all those things, they might be in fear of like they're yes. not going to have the same, they're not going to be as responsible moving forward with having a residence or investing in something outside of that. You know, my mom. She when she finally was able to purchase a home, she purchased a home here in Fontana, which back then um, you're in Idaho, you said. Yes. So think of like the furthest place from like the city. That's like the cheapest place. Right. It's like an hour to get into the city kind of thing. Yeah. So we were coming from Los Angeles, like all city. And she moved us to Fontucky anybody that knows (laughs) Fontana knows that that's what they call it. Fontucky. And we get these Santa Ana winds. It would get windy. Like that was the first time I had ever seen a tumbleweed. Have you seen a tumbleweed? (laughs) (laughs) My 14-year-old self was like, what? WTF? Where did you move? Because I have no idea what this is. Um, And so it was a shock to me. But anyways, my mom purchased her home for probably about 80-something thousand or less than that, maybe 70-something thousand. Okay, that is very low in California. So you can imagine Fontana was not developed at all. And so she purchased the home and, uh, over time she was struggling because of the fact that she had to still work in Los Angeles. And so once she decided that I can't do this anymore, the house had two houses. So she rented it out. And at some point developers came later on when I was already maybe 1920. And they were buying out all this land. My mom sold that home for over like 300 and sold the property for over like 300 or 400 something. She then used that money and purchased more investment properties outside of, um, again, further out, like out here is Morongo and all these other things. And you guys, will be shocked to know that my little mother that would sell vegetables and sell all this stuff, she is over, she's a millionaire in just in assets. And that to me is like, wow. So
0: I, I just want everybody to that know. Story. <laughs> that like, story. <laughs> that like, all right, that makes me like, seriously, I want to meet your mom. Like, that is awesome. Like,
1: I love that lady. She's...
0: Intelligence to the max. And two, intelligence because she's not overcomplicating it. She made it very simple. And that's really what you need to do with finance that's right. and patience. Patience. She's patience, patience and said, I can sacrifice today. I can sacrifice driving. I can sacrifice yes. the flashy things. And I don't need to have that house, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere else. And look how it paid And two. Let that's me tell not you, long. she did.
1: She had to sacrifice because at some point she wasn't able to pay it anymore. So she said, I'm going to rent it out. She decided to live with my sister. I was away in uh, living in New Mexico at the time. And so she was living with my sister. So there was a lot of sacrifice there to for her to be able to hold on to that house. And look at how much she turned. She turned yeah. that into one thing and then turned it into another. And before she knew it, she found herself in real estate owning properties. And so this is where a lot of my personal uh beliefs and things about money is more so just being patient and yes. understanding that right at this moment, although maybe I don't own my house in Huntington Harbor yet, but <laughs> I can invest in other areas that will be helpful, you know. And the same for your listeners. I mean, if you're in a position and your home is truly sucking the life out of you, do something else guys take, you know, unfortunately do the discomfort now so that you're able to live a better life later than holding on to something that's just not working out for you. And the same with investment properties. I mean, if you're purchasing an investment property, that's just causing you a hassle, you know, there's times that it's time to let go, right? Anything that has to do with investments, anything that has to do that's interrupting your personal peace when it comes to money, you have to just, learn to let it go or learn how to restructure, move forward, anything that you have to do. If you have to, if not, sometimes it is sacrifice. Sometimes it is just waiting, waiting it out. Right.
0: I have a philosophy that I, that I, that I view everything in. I'm like the coolest person I know, the smartest person I know, the most successful person I know is future AJ. He's somewhere off in the future. And every day I have a choice. To either make it, make that person awesome, to be closer, to be that person in my mind that I, you know, want to achieve. And it's not somebody else, it's mm-hmm. me, and I yeah. can do today to benefit him. So I always, I always say, don't screw future AJ, because he's the man and you're <laughs> That's not. That's awesome. Yet. So don't <laughs> That's screw a good him. One. And, I, yeah. and I, the reason I think, because that, that day never comes, Right. I'm going to be an old man. I'm going to be like, dude, that future AJ, dude, he's going to be popping willies in his wheelchair. He's going to be running (laughs) around the old folks home. Like he's a stud, right? (laughs) And the point being is to try to train my mind to stay stop. There are repercussions to what you do today. And the person you're screwing is yourself. So you can either, because time is leverage and actions today Uh leverage out. So everything I do today impacts him at scale massively. Right. So big, I, time. It, it, big time. And that is so like, I don't think people understand that. And I don't, and people are like, yeah, but you're young and you want to live life. And I'm always like, okay, hold on. Do you think that 40 year old, you will not want to play, will not want the big house, will not <laughs> want the money. We want to do it even more. <laughs> exactly. You want it more. You need it more. Now you have yes. responsibilities. You have kids, you have families. You have uh-huh. bigger goals and bigger dreams. So the only person yeah. you are to party in your 20s or live life because you want to experience things, you're discounting your future self. You're saying that person yes. isn't as important as the person now. His wants are less. His needs are less. And when you look at it that way, I think it just changes the way you do things because it you, does. your 20s can be make or break you. I mean, yes. they do. People that do the small thing. Look at your mom. You're talking about, yeah. you know, she's an immigrant, right? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: She immigrant. was. Well, now she's a citizen.
0: <laughs> but still, like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it, she's yeah. living the American dream, as in mm-hmm. she's actually created wealth. So she has power of yes. choice. She has, yes. and she sacrificed to get there. But she wasn't an architect. She wasn't a rocket yes. scientist that was she, making she' Here's another thing, guys, is that
1: that nobody taught her these things she didn't know these things because obviously she is a foreigner to this country so she didn't know all of that she just knew that owning a home of course again is the american dream but then little by little she started understanding more so about the investments in having real estate uh, she met someone that was talking to her this older man that actually sold her all of the other properties. And he would tell her like, you know, real estate's like this and all these things. And so she caught on and early on, she was just like, yes, I'm going to do that. And you know what I teach with, and I love that you say that about your future self, because let's say if you're young, if depending on, I'm not sure where your audience is as far as age is concerned, but whether you're in your twenties, thirties, right. Don't even think about a 40 year old self, 50 year old self. Think of five years from now, five years of the immediate future self, because if it's too far for you, because one thing that happens for me is that women and I, this is something that I wish I, I would have known at a younger age about retirement accounts and you know, investing in that sense, because I didn't. And a lot of people take out their retirement. Why? Because they feel that that they need the money right now. Right. And so your future self, if you want to thank your future self, think about it when you're at that crossroads of like do instant gratification, right. Or, or contributing to a retirement account, because if you ask people can you contribute to a retirement account? Oh, I don't have money for that. Yet yeah, they go to Target, and you know you spent. You can't leave Target without spending, yeah, <laughs> whatever, right? A hundred uh-huh. bucks,
0: yeah. So <laughs> At minimum,
1: yeah. So you know, thinking your future self for saying, you know what, I'm making the right decision here, and I, I do primarily focus on women because of the fact that women overall we don't we don't get as much in investments as men do no offense guys, but it's just because of childbearing and all these other things. Right. Mm -hmm. So for women, for me, I feel like you don't have to sacrifice one thing for the other. So you could, you could shop, just know that, okay, if you're going to save $50 at target, then put $50 towards your retirement. Because you can fulfill that picture altogether without necessarily giving, sacrificing one or the other. Because a lot of times that's what happens when it comes to any type of money-related issues is that people feel that if they don't purchase this right now, they're going to miss out, right?
0: Retirement
1: is a far-off thought.
0: Yeah, I can worry about that Um, later.
1: Exactly. I get a lot of like, well, I could die between now and yeah, uh-huh. whatever. And of course, right? That yeah. can totally be the case. But wouldn't you thank yourself if you knew that you can hit all of those financial goals? Like you can still hit all of those things without necessarily feeling any type of different. Yeah. Because sometimes people say, like, oh, I have to stop eating out. Well, how uh- about? Stop buying so many groceries, maybe, if you know that you're going to eat out so the (laughs)
0: time. I I, I think about this a lot. You know, financial um, sense is is not stopping. I don't think anybody should do that. I don't think you should not do fun things. I don't think—like, I just don't agree with that. The problem is, though, is the big things. It's not the small things, right? Like, whether you go get a coffee or whatever you want to get that you think—you go to Starbucks or whatnot, it's fine— you like, you're drinking, you know, you're not getting your Starbucks, but then you're buying this massive home and you have two car payments.
1: You're like, the coffee doesn't matter
0: anymore, (laughs) right? Yeah, it doesn't. Or you're like, oh, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to go into $150,000 of student debt. Yes. The little things, if you screw up on those huge things, the little things don't matter. They just don't. They're inconsequential, financially speaking, in the future. And so it's like, worry about the big things first. And then get really smart about the small things. Like you said, I, yeah. there's plenty of things you can do and have plenty of t- – you don't need to be bawling, so to speak. Like it's amazing to me yeah. how many people that have no money go to clubs and spend thousands of dollars. And they didn't have thousands of dollars to spend. <laughs> and you're exactly. going, Why? They get
1: thousands of dollars in debt. Yeah. Yes. Like
0: what are you – what What is the purpose of that? Um, and so yes. I love that idea where you, what you're talking about there. It's not about not having, it's about doing things correctly, right? Yes. It's about having yes. fun and doing those things. If you go in, save a little money here and then take the difference and put it in investing. Yeah,
1: take, take a look at things. I often say, you know, you don't want, do you want your, your money to tell you what to do or do you want to tell it what to do? And yes. that starts with, you know, we tell money, when money tells us what to do is when we're just looking at our app to see what our bank balance is. Yep. That's money telling us what to do, right? What, what do we have left over? This kind of thing. Yep. But when you tell money what to do is you're planning ahead of time. You're saying this is how much money. And, and I tell people this all the time as well, that you don't have to make six figures to live a good lifestyle. You don't have to nope. make all this money. You just have to know what you're doing with your money yes. because a lot of times the problem doesn't stop just when you start making more money. It doesn't. All of those bad habits follow you wherever you go, no matter what income level I've worked with million dollar companies, owners of million dollar companies that have the companies go downhill because of the owner's spending habits. Yeah. And so it doesn't just stop when well, all of a sudden you make more money. Exactly. And so like you were saying, understanding the, the big thing, like if you have a bunch of cars, but it, things that you really truly don't need, then, you know, where is your money going? And yeah. you're not giving your money direction. If you're just basically looking at your account and saying, oh, this is what I have left to spend. That's not giving money direction, giving money direction is truly knowing like, ahead of time.
0: Do you need a brand new car? Like why, <laughs> why do you need a brand new car? Like I, it's a depreciating asset. You literally lose money. You're burning your money when you buy it.
1: Okay, AJ, don't hate me on this, but here's my theory on new cars. It just really depends. Again,
0: yeah, I have a it new depends car. on the person. I have. I just bought a brand new car for my wife, so and paid for it cash. Okay, but, <laughs> so.
1: so people need new cars because. So to me, again, cars a perfect example. Okay, you you don't need a Lambo. So there. Okay. What? But a new car, I know <laughs> what, what, why, why, why? But that's what I wanted. But here's the thing a new car offers safety. A new car offers, you know, the guarantee that it won't break down on you and all of yeah. these things. Because again, most people do not save enough money to fix their vehicle yes. if it breaks down. And that's my take on having a new vehicle. There's certain things that, yes, maybe you'll pay a little bit more. Like you said, it's a depreciable asset. Um, for some, if you're if you're a business owner, then your business can pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. If you are just a regular person, hey, maybe a lease might suit you a little bit better because, and yep. I know people think, I know people think that's a waste of money no, because I, I don't I, own I, it I lease and it's right not the other.
0: I, I bought my wife's car cash. <laughs> I, I lease right now. I bought my last one. I leased my first one. We bought an older one when we started. My wife had... And so it, what you're talking about, but, and I feel like this is the problem though. There's no context. It's either one way or the other. And I'm like, look at this. So yeah. I, my first car I bought on a lease. Now everybody's like, that's a waste of money. When I went and my three year lease option, I have the choice to buy it. So I can either buy uh-huh. it or turn it back. It was 20,000 under blue, book, blue book value. I gave it back. The next yeah. one I leased it three years on my option to buy all my money went into my down payment and everything else it was twenty thousand over Blue book I bought it I or yes. it really I there just took go. it over right and they wanted it they're like yes. give it back so we can resell it I'm like nope I'll take it. No. I drove that one. I traded that one in and I'm currently leasing to see if I want to buy it or not. My wife, she oh, has no. kids. She's running around. She doesn't go over. My business pays for my cars too, but she's like, I need a good, safe, reliable vehicle that I can take yes. with the kids that I can drive for 10 years. So we went exactly. and I just paid cash and bought her a good vehicle that's safe for her, the kids, they can get around. We don't even think about it. It's just done. That is a sunk expense to me. And and I'm not thinking about it. And that is
1: peace of mind, right? So you're, you know, although you spent what you need to spend, you bought a new vehicle, anything that you need to do it's peace of mind yeah, because you know done. that that vehicle's solid that mm-hmm. vehicle's quality and that's again purchasing new vehicles it's it's again it's all perspective it's all yes. a matter of what is it is it working for you is it bringing you peace
0: do you have is a car it, allowance with your job like if you have a car allowance should you be buying and then that, the, your company's paying paying it down, you should get a and new one it. so it's in good working exactly. repair because your car allowance isn't going to replace the change when the oil or your engine breaks or whatever happens. You have to yes. pay for that. So don't buy a used one. And yes. th- this, but I feel like none of this, what you're talking about, like you have such a good foundational um, financial education. Like you have such a good head on your shoulders that you can look at these things dynamically and you can make uh-huh. the correct decision. But that is just not taught in schools today. Like it is just, nobody knows. The kids get out, they take $150,000 in debt and they got their first to go to school. Well, they have their first job that's paying them nothing, but yet they have 300, 400 bucks extra a month. So then they go buy a brand new car to pay for the 340, why they're racking up debt to go to school. And here,
1: let let me tell you, I I own a small home um, of student loans um, so I actually owe $110,000 in student loans. Okay.
0: Yep. So you're Here's a normal why. American.
1: <laughs> exactly. But again, that doesn't dictate how I decide to make my life or the things that I'm going to do or anything like that. Debt does not define you. No. Anyone that's listening, debt doesn't define you. You can change anything that you need to change in your financial picture by just deciding what it is that you want for yourself. Mm -hmm. Again, any, any purchase that you make, any changes that you make towards your, if, if a budget works for you, if a budget works for you, budget. If you feel like you need that sense of like restriction, then do it. If that doesn't work for you, that didn't work for me. So you have to do whatever fits your picture. And like you said, the foundation of money, this is what, I teach the foundation of money is completely different because, because it doesn't get taught anywhere and it's completely different for everyone. So you do have to have a good head on your shoulders when it comes to money about understanding what your money does for you and what you want it to do. Because if you don't have that understanding, then you will continue to navigate life spending on nonsense, like you said, going to the club or doing whatever. Yeah, sure. Those things could be fun. But if you're worried about your debt, then are you doing yourself a favor? No. If you're worried about the fact that you don't have a retirement account, are you doing yourself a favor by buying extra things? No. Right. So completing that financial picture does mean that you need a foundation that you can build upon. And most people, that's what we lack, is a foundation of money. Because we don't understand what's next. We don't understand how to get ourselves out of debt, how to yes. save, how to
0: invest a
1: bunch of things, how to save for retirement, how yeah. to start a retirement account. We don't know about life insurance. We don't know about trust accounts. We don't yep. know about a lot of things. And so really having that foundation for yourself is the first step in allowing yourself to build properly a financial structure and a financial freedom for yourself that you truly desire. Because I believe every person desires has the same sort of values, right? Security, freedom, the ability to, you know, do what you want independence. Um, I believe that we all desire that deeply inside, but our actions and our desires never are never, in alignment with each other. Like they're,
0: yes. they're completely off. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and when you're talking about this foundation and when you're talking about how we act forward, it's important to know that we like a long time ago, we shifted that part of life off. We shifted it to the employers, which, mm-hmm. sh- which should have never been shifted. Then our education mm-hmm. system and everything else said, no, you don't need to worry about that. Now you just need to worry about getting an employer to pay you. So now we don't have to think about this at all, right? Which yeah. was the greatest lie that was ever told to Americans. So instead, <laughs> you just worry about spending. Pull out those credit cards and spend, right? And your employer and we'll give
1: will you that. a high credit limit so you can spend. So
0: you can <laughs> spend. And then we've gone through like literally two, gen- three generations of this, and that- foundational knowledge of what in the world money is for used for the sep- like I look at it as the separation of income like how far separated are you from when your where your income actually comes from and if you look at people like in big corporations things like that it's astronomical they're nowhere near yeah. the source of how their capital that pays for their lives are generated so they don't even have any yeah. concept of it anymore it's just mm-hmm. gone and we expect the government our employer or somebody else to take care of us. And it, yes. that to me is the biggest crisis we have in America is that we've lost our sense of resilience, of self-worth. I can take care of things, whether I'm drowning in debt, whether I am mm-hmm. don't make any money, but I have no debt, whether I have kids, whether I have money, that we can't take care of it. You can't take care of it. Somebody else needs to take care of it for you. And it's like, that's just not true. That's not, that system no. isn't set up like that. Look at your mom. Yeah. And like I, too, it's probably because she was an immigrant. That's probably why. She's yeah. like, I'm going to do this myself, right? She, yes. That was in her nature. That was who she was. She's like, I'm taking care of my family. I'm going to mm-hmm. find solutions to problems, right? I'm going to do this, and I'm not waiting around for somebody to take, take care of me. Yeah. And that foundational education is what that's all about. Those are the tools for you to take care of yourself, and it's really lacking,
1: yeah, you know, and the other thing is survivorship. Remember like I had mentioned about people and in, in the idea or the notion of what money means or the representation of certain things to you. And for my mom it was surviving. Money yeah. was survival, mm-hmm. right? And so I often ask people what was your first interaction with money? What was your first idea of money? What was the first concept for you about money? And most often it's, you know, your childhood, the the things that your parents said you couldn't have because yeah. did money grow on trees? Could you afford it? All these things, right, that we hold on to that we really don't know or that we, I guess, um, acknowledge that our behaviors come from those things. Yes. Because all of a sudden, if your parents told you you couldn't have it or you were too poor, they wouldn't buy you things. What happens now as an adult, then you That's go still and- still sitting in here. And then you go and buy yep. everything you want or everything. you buy nothing because yep. you're like, I, I have can't a friend, afford it. I same
0: can't. way. He went nuts. He bought cars, houses, everything else like that. They were working these part-time jobs and everything. And he's like, I could never have any of this stuff. Now I want to have it all.
1: Now I want everything. And it was yep. like,
0: I don't understand that logic, but it became because of how he grew up and it came from up? saying, mm-hmm. you can't have that. We don't have money when actually as a child, he knew his parents had money. They just weren't spending it on certain things. Not that it was wrong. They were right. But how it was presented to him as a child was wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like like we tell our kids, can I have this? Yes, you can. But you don't need it. So we're not buying it. (laughs) We can pay for it, but we don't need it. You shouldn't be buying that. You don't need to buy that Yeah,
1: right now. Yeah, we have to, well, it's that because it's, we pass it down. Right. So whatever our parents taught us, we're kind of picking up and we take one extreme versus the other, like between my sister and I, she's very much more so like she needs security and she doesn't like change. And she just very much like likes her same consistency. I, on the other hand is like change. I like doing different things. I like being and so on. And so when you're growing up and as you find yourself with your children, if you have kids, for. What are you saying to them? What are you saying to yourself? Right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people will say like, I can't afford this or I can't do this. Or again, like we were talking about retirement accounts or if you wanted to invest in something, right? Yeah. I can't, but yet you find yourself at target yeah. spending <laughs> a crazy amount. Yeah. Right. So what, what are the things that you're saying to yourself that you're like, I'm trying to, I want to, or I'm trying to accomplish something financially," but. I'm just not doing it. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're not the way you're saying things. What are you saying to yourself that you can't accomplish these things financially? And again, it's our foundation. What is your foundation? Where did it, what did you learn? Yeah. What was told to you as a child that you find yourself practicing now? as an adult, and even possibly passing down to your children. Like really, we have to break those things down in order for you to be able to build a solid foundation, because if not, you will continue to create the same habits. You will continue to do the same things and not change your life. And essentially you're, you're hurting yourself because at the end of the day, people are constantly feeling like you said, somebody else has to take care of this
0: for me. Yep. Well, right. it, it too, like you, 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 put this so good cause it's it, this massive limited mindset, this idea that there's only so much money, right? And mm-hmm. we don't have it. Others do. That's not others true. Do. Mm-hmm. That's not, like, they don't need to give you that. Not, that's not how it works. Money doesn't work yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. It, money is an actual creation process. That's why the economy doubles every, <laughs> you know, why? because it's growing. Money is infinite. Literally, if we know nothing from the government printing trillions of dollars, it means nothing. Oh, yeah, all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah, it's just invented out of thin air, right? It's nothing. And this idea is you can have it. You just got to figure out how. You got to create it. You got to make it. You got to do it, right? You got to reward future self from work today to go get it. Not this idea that this is my paycheck and I don't have money, so I can't do that thing. Well, how are you creating a circumstance to do it? What are you doing Mm -hmm. to make it run? And that mindset is so hard to unteach because like you're saying, parents, nope, we can't afford that. What do you think we are rich? What do you, you know what I mean? Things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, that's not me. I'm not that. I don't deserve this. I can't have that. Right. And And the other thing
1: too is that yeah. People, when it comes to money, you know, people, it, people do funny things like, you know, when you buy it, let's say when you buy a child something, and then you, if you give it to them, right. And then what's the first thing we tell them, if you break it, I'm not going to buy you another one. Yeah. If you don't appreciate it. Right. So this is why people can't give you something for free people. I, I guarantee you that if we were to pay off people's $10,000 credit cards left and right, people would go back and get themselves into debt. Why? Absolutely. 100%. Because they haven't learned They haven't learned any new habits. So they can't possibly, you know, get themselves in a better position because you do not have the foundation. You don't have the new habits that you need to create. And that starts with you. You have to understand what it is that you're doing for yourself that isn't working anymore. That isn't, isn't making you happy, isn't functioning or isn't in alignment with yourself and with, what you want out of life. Cause it doesn't matter where you live. Right. You yep. were telling me about Californians. Why, why can Californians make it out here? Well, it's, it's a, what's, it's like a practice muscle, right? We're born yep. here. So we're used to it. We're used to the expenses yep. being this high. We're used to everything being this expensive. Um, so we adjust, to our environment. Right. So if you live in another state, that's not California and you come here, you're like, Whoa, what the crap? Like, how is this (laughs) that expensive? Right. And the same for us when we go to a different state and we're looking at the house, you know, the house values and the house costs out there, we're like, why the heck are we living yeah. in California, right? But we're used to it. It's, it's yeah. just an environment that we grow into. And so we're like, yeah, you know, that this is how much it costs. This is what and we're you gonna adapt And adapt your
0: dynamic. And this is another thing because you talk about this and this is just gold. I, I love what you're saying because people got to understand that finances aren't set. Like, it's not like you become wealthy and nothing ever changes. That's not true at all. Yeah. The economy changes yeah. everything. Did you know that everything. people that make a million dollars out of people that make a million, like they, they tell, oh, this segment of the economy makes a million dollars a year. So first of all, that statistic is very interesting because they uh-huh. say it like it's this huge population and they always make a million dollars. When you look yeah. at it, 93% of them will not ever make it again. 93% ever. Wow. They'll make it one time. One time. The reason is they wow. sold something. They sold a house. They did something like that. They got a stock option. So then the next uh-huh. year when they said, here's this, this group again, see, they're making another million dollars. Virtually it. everyone in that it's group a whole, is, is completely a completely different group. It's totally new. <laughs> and it, yeah. like this, we, we think and we're taught that it's not like that. Rich people, wealthy people are just rich. You're not. There's nothing you could do about it. With those people are the highest social bracket in America. That changes social brackets is the one percent. They are the least stable social bracket in the United States. And we, wow. we as Americans, think that they are completely stable. That they never leave, and, and they've they're... been God given, blessed. That that's not true at all, <laughs> at all. And no. when you, and the reason is because what you were talking about change happens. You need to be adapting. You need to be changing. You need to create habits that will affect your future self. If you give somebody something that doesn't change them, it doesn't change their habits. It's a momentary fix that actually hurts them further in the future because now they don't even know how to take care of that problem because you just solved it. So now they become dependent and they're dependent on you solving the problems even more. And that is a cancer.
1: Yes. Yes. that becoming dependent on somebody else to fix something for you can, (laughs) that in so many levels is just not right. I want to, when you were giving those stats, I was thinking about, you know, there's something that I've thought in the past about when we're teaching people that we want to purchase a home, right. Especially in California, you don't really get to that age or that you could actually purchase a home here until you're about, um, maybe 35, depending on how much money you make and how good you are with money. Right. Because out here, the homes are at least 500,000 or you need two incomes. So on, right. You get a 30 year loan, let's say at 4.75 yet. Nobody tells our college students, nobody tells our, when you're 18, start a retirement account and start contributing to it now. And guess what? 30 years from now, you'll probably have about a million dollars because of the fact that over time, right, compound interest and all of these things that work wonders, but yet we teach them to what? To work, to pay bills as opposed yep. to work, to save on your future self.
0: To create Because you.
1: again, the thought, the mentality is like you said, that It only works for certain people. It's not that. It's just that we are misinformed misinformed. or we just get lazy and don't want to be informed. Yeah. Right? Well, we want to deny the
0: reality and then just villainize other people because you can't do it. And, you know, when I look at what you're talking about, too, it brings up a really good point that it's this idea that, okay, when we're moving forward in the future, we have these choices that – you know, can affect us long-term, short-term. And because we don't feel that we know we're paralyzed, right? But then two people aren't seeking the information. People aren't actively learning how. And when I look even at my younger self, so I went to college, got my master's and I look at the money that I put in to do that. Right. So, and then I paid it off later in my twenties. Um, when I look at how that, how that worked and said, when I, I had to work to be able to pay for this, I, I worked a job, my wife worked a job, and then we got what were called Pell Grants at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're still around, but um, that was government help <laughs> to get us through college. We were married, and we yeah. didn't make any money, and we were saving my wife's debt Well, I, I actually went back once, and I calculated all the money that I was putting towards school instead of saving or investing. And Mm. if I would have taken that money and done two things, put it in the stock market or bought one rental property, it would be a million dollars today.
1: Exactly.
0: And when you look at that, you're going, what did my education provide? Like, what is that difference? Right? Like, what is that difference? Because I took out the debt. So I have to also include interest. So it wasn't that my education cost $80,000 or whatever that is. I also had my Mm -hmm. interest that I had to pay on it and that interest. So it's the spread, the money that could have been making versus the money Mm -hmm. spent and the money do it. And that spread is astronomical. And when I look at crazy, it's it's crazy. crazy.
1: AJ, we've been, I've been in the workforce for over since, oh my gosh, since I can remember, I've been working since I was 16. And I'm not going to tell you how old I am right now, but (laughs) it's been over 20 years. And let me tell you, if I would have done that, if at the age of 18, I would have put my money or most of my money into some sort of retirement account, some sort of investment account, something, if I would have known that, trust me right now, I know that I would have a million dollars in my retirement account. I'm going to be aggressive towards having that in my retirement account. But again, it's it's something that we don't get taught. We don't learn or we don't do the effort research to try to find this information. But if I can honestly pass along any information right now is that, guys, even if you're not a heavy investor in big stock market and you're not sure and all that stuff, just invest in things that are, are... mutual funds, things that are very, you know, low risk, but that'll still gain you some money. And even though yes, retirement is further off, but just do it now, just do it now. Don't take it out. Just leave it in there and let it go for the long run. Because again, if we were taught this, think about how many years you've been in the workforce. Right now, you would have had a good solid, even if you want to call it a savings. Yes, there's a penalty if you take it out for early retirement or anything like that. And I'm a tax accountant, by the way. So you can take out the $10,000 if you need it for a home, right? If you're going to purchase something and that that wouldn't be penalized. It would be taxed, but you can still do a lot with it, even though there's a penalty, even though you might not have immediate access to it. That's probably better that you don't have immediate access to it because it is building something for you that you are not going to touch. Because most of us, the first thing we want to do is take out our savings, pull out from, you know, do all these things. But like you said, if you would have allocated the money that you spent towards paying off your student loans or the interest, right? It would have accumulated anyway. But imagine how much if you would have put some of that towards the other end of things, towards a retirements, yeah. towards the stock market, towards investment property, what would have, you probably would have turned around and been able to pay that off anyway.
0: What you're saying goes back to that original statement that your money can run you or you can run your money, right? Like it That's can, right. it can really rule you or you can rule it and you can make it work for you. You can make it, and it doesn't take a lot an index fund. Just go yes. get a low fee index fund, put your money in it. Because two, we haven't even taken into account inflation, which right now your money is guaranteed 100%, 100% to lose money if it's sitting in a bank account. That is the one sure thing. Every year, your money loses money when it sits yes. there. So you can be saving up to buy whatever it is in 10, year, 10 years Well, your money's lost 30% by then. So you literally lost $30,000 if you saved up $100,000 in 10 years. And so it's like, find a simple index fund, low fee, plop it in there. Don't worry about it. This isn't short term. This is helping yourself out in the future, right? You always Mm -hmm. need cash on hand for emergencies, that's yes, your second, you right? Do. Of course, absolutely. Um, yeah. But it's about making your money work instead of spending mm-hmm. it on you today. Put it to work for you today and help your future yes. self.
1: Yes, exactly. No, this has exactly just been right.
0: an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes. I really appreciate your time. Thanks um, for having me. I could literally talk about this all day because I'm just so I know into right. It. It's just <laughs> it, it's fun. It's great. It's like. I I like when I talk with people that have shared minds. And as we're going through this, we see the problems, right? And I, I have kids. I don't know if you do, but like trying to teach my kids these things that you're talking about and work on how I'm programming them because we are right and making sure we're doing it right. But then also to have discussions like this where we're opening it up to everybody so they can listen and learn from you. So thank you for coming on. Where can people find you?
1: Thanks. People can find me on Instagram at Damari gold. Um, and yeah, that's, that's probably where you'll find my link to anything, but Damari gold, I give a lot of great tax tips and other information when it comes to finances. So be happy to have you on there and say, hi, DM me and say, hi.
0: Hey, thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll have you on again.